0: Adam Rittenberg, you're based in Chicago. You cover the Big Ten for ESPN. How much of your time doing your job is actually spent covering the team just up the road in Evanston, the school that you went to, Northwestern?
1: Not a ton, Jeremy. I mean, over the years, they've had some, some good seasons and some good stories. But, you know, covering the Big Ten and then nationally, now college football, um, it hasn't been anything resembling a beat not nearly what I would spend on a Michigan or an Ohio State or a Notre Dame or one of those programs.
0: But Adam, now for all the wrong reasons, you are covering Northwestern on an hourly, daily basis with this mushrooming scandal started with a football program, allegations of hazing, head coach Pat Fitzgerald has been fired after 17 years on the job, and now we're hearing about issues— alleged issues in other sports at Northwestern. So someone who knows Northwestern so well, how are you making sense of all of this? It's a lot.
1: To think where we are now with Pat Fitzgerald fired and these lawsuits and more lawsuits to come and the entire athletic program under fire here, essentially, because of, of what could still come. And we just haven't heard a whole lot from the Northwestern side. They haven't had a single press conference with their university president or their athletic director. And we don't know when we'll hear your full answers. We've heard a lot from attorneys. It is a toxic culture that
2: was rampant in the athletic department at Northwestern
1: University. We've heard some former athletes who, who began to speak out. We were
2: thrown into a culture where physical, emotional, and sexual abuse was normalized.
1: But uh, we still haven't heard a whole lot from the Northwestern side. You know, Northwestern, again, certainly is not an athletic powerhouse, but it was a place that consistently was, at least in football, the top or one of the top five graduation rates in the country, a place that proudly talked about its culture in the athletic program this has actually been a very uh, performance-wise successful period for Northwestern relative to its history. So to have this all flood at once, it's jarring. It's the combination of an elite academic school, the different allegations coming forward, a football coach who's really been the most significant figure in that program for nearly 30 years. They haven't had anything resembling what's gone on here over the last few weeks.
0: For more than 150 years, Northwestern University has been more renowned for its academics than its prowess on the gridiron, the type of school that seems like the last place you would expect to find a scandal involving hazing and abuse in its football program. But over the last few weeks, there has been a growing list of accusations as alleged victims have come forward. The team's longtime head coach has been fired. The university is facing multiple lawsuits, and more are likely on the way. So today, Adam Rittenberg explains this complex case from its beginnings, what we know, what we don't know, and where it might be heading next. I'm Jeremy Schaap. It's Tuesday, July 25th. This is ESPN Daily.
2: Delicious meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Adam
0: Rittenberg, as we were talking about at the top, this scandal surrounding these allegations of hazing at Northwestern, starting in the football program, but expanding beyond the football program, it's complicated, it's layered. How did this all get started?
1: It really got started on November 30th with an email sent from a Northwestern football player at the time who's no longer with the program to the university's uh, head of compliance in the athletic department. And this, this was sent actually from a anonymous email. It was not even his, his name on the email. Um, and he, he detailed in that email, you know, some of these practices that he had seen in Northwestern football, including hazing the response from northwestern came pretty swiftly 2 days later they had contacted an attorney maggie hickey and her law firm to begin an investigation that investigation began in december and then continued throughout uh, uh you know the first half of 2023 until uh, we 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 learned on july 7th that that investigation had essentially been completed and that several disciplinary measures were were being enacted by Northwestern, including the two-week suspension of head coach Pat Fitzgerald, but also uh, having an independent locker room monitor, someone who wouldn't report to the football staff. Basically, this person, even though it was a single whistleblower, that was a single person who was alleging hazing in the program, and that that person's allegations in interviews with others were largely corroborated, but there was not evidence from Maggie Hickey and her team that Pat Fitzgerald or the football staff was aware of of what was going on. They did say that there were opportunities to become aware and and that it could have been reported. But um, that investigation, which again, we've only seen an executive summary of, uh, resulted in a two-week suspension for head coach Pat Fitzgerald and some other measures for the program going forward. So this is uh, something that was concerning, but didn't seem like that big of a deal. And then obviously it changed the next day.
0: Before we get to the next day, To really understand this story, you have to be aware of the context of Pat Fitzgerald's history at Northwestern. For people who don't know, who don't know his
1: story and what he represents at this school, how would you describe it? So Pat Fitzgerald uh, came to Northwestern as a freshman. At that time, Northwestern was the worst major conference program in, in college football, and it wasn't even close. You know their performance in the late '70s through the '80s into the early '90s. You know, pick an adjective. It was just horrible. And you know, they had a new coach, a newish coach, and Gary Barnett at the time. And you know, Pat Fitzgerald grew up in the in the suburbs of Chicago. was was a you know a, a heralded high school player, a linebacker. Probably could have gone to to better schools than Northwestern, but he comes there, and uh, a few years later. He and uh, you know, and others put together one of the great stories in college football in the last 50 years, which was a 1995 season.
2: You gotta be happy for the underdog. 28 points underdog as they came to the tame Stadium. And there's been a long time since they've seen a celebration like this
1: in Evanston. Northwestern, an afterthought in the Big 10, the worst team in the conference went out and won the Big Ten and went all the way to the Rose Bowl.
2: Gary Barnett's 25th-ranked Wildcats will move up in the national polls. They have beaten the Michigan Wolverines
1: in Ann Arbor. And Pat won the first of two National Defensive Player of the Year awards. So he finished his career as as maybe the most decorated player in team history, certainly the most decorated since Otto Graham, which is a long time ago, and and was really a face of that incredible renaissance in the mid-90s. And then he started coaching uh, almost right away and then returned as an assistant coach in 2001 um, and then coached there from 2001 until June of 2006 when Randy Walker, who was the team's head coach, died of a heart attack in late June 2006. And the plan all along was for Pat Fitzgerald to take over as head coach. Now, obviously, the hope was for Randy to live longer and coach much longer, and it would have happened later. But given the circumstances, Pat Fitzgerald, at age 31, was elevated to be head coach of his alma mater and became the all-time winningest coach in team history. He's responsible for five of the six bowl wins Northwestern's ever had, uh, led them to a couple of uh, division championships and Big Ten championship game appearances. Uh, You're really... You know, created a, a very solid, above-average Big Ten program from 2008 to 2020. They've fallen off since. But again, this guy was the all-time winningest coach in team history and the best living player in team history. That's who he was, and there's very few people at any program that can have those types of claims, and now it's all over. Well, let's go back to before
0: he was fired, because when this comes out, They say they spend seven months investigating. They issued this executive summary. They say, okay, we're suspending Pat. He's our guy. He's been our guy for 30 years. Two weeks. Two weeks suspension, unpaid. So what happens the next day?
1: The next day, um, the Daily Northwestern newspaper, the school paper, uh, comes out with a story detailing the allegations, the specific allegations from the whistleblower, who again went to Northwestern back in November and whose allegations launched the university's own investigation. Uh, so that story comes out and there's there's details to this now yeah, and, and, and quotes. And there was a second source corroborating it, but it's primarily from this same whistleblower, the, the different names for the hazing activities, your things this person saw and, and, and was subjected to That comes out and certainly creates an immediate reaction.
0: Adam, I know not long after the Daily Northwestern, the student newspaper spoke to the whistleblower. You did as well.
1: What are his specific allegations? So he went through a detailed and comprehensive list of hazing incidents that he saw and was subjected to during his time at Northwestern, which ended after the 2022 season. You know, he described running, the most disturbing of, of the allegations, a practice where a group of older players um, that went by something called the Shrek gang would be uh, in masks in a dark locker room with with music on, restraining a younger teammate and dry-humping that younger teammate as a kind of punitive uh, thing for younger players who had made mistakes. He uh, described Um, you know, kind of naked uh, incidents that went on in the locker room, the the center quarterback exchange, something called the car wash, where uh, offensive linemen, you know, would be blocking the entrance to the shower while naked. So you would have to sort of press past them if you wanted to go to or from the shower and described that in his view, at least that Pat Fitzgerald was knowledgeable about uh, some of these or most of these incidents. And even uh, in his view directed some younger players to be run, to be, to be subjected to the running because of mistakes that were made in practice. So again, very detailed, uh, very prepared, very ready to share um, as much as he knew about the hazing he saw and, and, uh, and went through at Northwestern. And did reiterate to me, Jeremy, that he shared the exact same thing with Maggie Hickey and her team who conducted Northwestern's own investigation into hazing.
0: That's what you heard directly from the whistleblower who initiated this investigation similar to what he told the Daily Northwestern. We should note that Pat Fitzgerald has denied any knowledge of any hazing inside his program. But when this Daily Northwestern report comes out Saturday, July 8th, what happens? How is it received?
1: People are seeing it, people are are horrified.
0: We're learning more about the hazing allegations within Northwestern University's football program. The Daily Northwestern spoke to a former player who described several sexualized acts in an article published today. The allegations, locker room behavior targeting freshman players subjected to a practice called running, the punishment for making mistakes on the field described as a coerced sexual act.
1: Later that night, uh, on the Saturday, the university president, Michael Schill, essentially said, whoops, I made a mistake. I need to reevaluate the discipline for Coach Fitzgerald and uh, I'll get back to you. Uh, but clearly a response to the fact that details were now out, people were outraged, people were, were reacting, and you know that initial decision of the two-week suspension was suddenly hard to believe because these details were now out in the open.
0: So the president of the university... <laughs> Once he sees the firestorm the story creates, he backtracks and realizes, boy, you know what? Uh, We've been far too lenient. We gotta fire Pat Fitzgerald.
1: That's it, right? Over the next few days, for sure. You know, he made the decision to fire Pat, uh, you know, less than 48 hours after a very late night letter to the university community saying he was gonna reconsider the penalties.
0: In a stunning escalation to the Northwestern hazing scandal, head coach Pat Fitzgerald was fired yesterday, three days after an initial punishment
2: of a two-week suspension. Pat Fitzgerald's two-week suspension turned into less than two weeks' notice as Northwestern fired its head football coach Monday night in the wake of a team hazing
1: scandal. And you again, given the success he had, at a place that, um, you know, had had more success since he showed up as a player, but certainly was not a powerhouse. You know, he had opportunities to leave for Michigan, for um, other college programs. NFL teams had expressed some interest in hiring him. And every time he he said, no, he said, I'm gonna be at Northwestern. And that was the plan, right? I mean, he's a young guy, he's only 48 years old. And his, his, his oldest son, Jack, is a freshman, tight end for the team. And he's got two other sons who may have played for him. I mean, he, w- he could have been there um, for a lot longer, uh, you know, decade plus more. You know, for Pat Fitzgerald to be fired at 48, and um, especially in the midst of what happened and, and the circumstances that, that led to that, uh, no one could have ever predicted that. No one thought that was coming.
0: All right, coming up, we're going to ask Adam about what's been happening since Pat Fitzgerald was fired as this scandal at Northwestern continues to mushroom.
2: Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Picture this: you arrive at your hotel. You have an important online meeting lined up with clients from all across the country. You have your laptop open, ready to begin. And the Wi-Fi is so terrible you can't even connect. These type of stressful situations happen all the time, but they don't have to. When you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you have access to their free high-speed Wi-Fi. So you can take care of those critical emails, join your meetings on time, and even unwind by streaming your favorite shows without having to worry. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
0: So Adam, since Pat Fitzgerald was fired on July 10th, a number of former football players have come forward with allegations of what they say happened to them in the football program. Some of it's come in media reports, some at press conferences, and then there have been lawsuits as well, four lawsuits to date that have been filed, including one that was filed yesterday. Tell us about that most recent lawsuit.
1: Right, so on Monday, former Northwestern player Lloyd Yates became the first to put his name as a plaintiff on a lawsuit against the university. So unlike the previous three, he's not a John Doe. We know who he is. He played for Northwestern from 2015 to 2017. And unlike those other three lawsuits, he's only suing Northwestern itself. So there's no individual defendants that are named. There's certainly claims in the 52-page uh, filing about Pat Fitzgerald and assistant coaches, some of whom are still, uh, at least for now, affiliated with the program, but again, the sole defendant is Northwestern. You know, he is again uh, outlining what he believes to be a, a culture of hazing and abuse. Uh, he spoke about having, after he had a chance to read the 52 pages, you know, feeling a sense of of disappointment and 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 shame uh, and a kind of outrage. Uh, that that he and his teammates had to go through. What he described was a, a culture where they were brainwashed to believe that this was normal.
2: When I read the complaint, I was overcome with disappointment, frustration, and shame. No young teenager should have to bear what we did as freshman students. We were conditioned to believe that
1: this behavior was normal, which was sickening and unacceptable. There's obviously more detailed descriptions of some of the hazing activities, including running uh, that he went through, that others went through, that he witnessed in the program, the Gatorade shake challenge, the naked pull-ups and the car wash. But it also brought up some new um, incidents that we hadn't heard about, either during preseason training camp, you know, on the team bus, uh, even some things that happened during the season. So there certainly were some, some details in the lawsuit that we had not heard previously. So what were these other allegations that he is now making in his lawsuit? Well, you, you, there, there are a couple in involving assistant coaches. You know, Matt McPherson, the uh, longtime assistant coach, uh, that you know he, he, he's now naming him. He's the, he's the first coach to be named uh, the, other than Pat Fitzgerald in one of these lawsuits. You're saying that he witnessed some of these incidents that went on over the years. There was also an anecdote. Um, that was, again, not from Lloyd Yates, but from a John Doe who alleged that Matt McPherson um, asked him about a girlfriend and then uh, showed the girlfriend's social media profile in a meeting and then proceeded to critique the girlfriend physically and, and ask about what they had done together sexually. There was also an allegation that two staff members, assistant coaches, but but probably support staff members, they were not named, were actually victims of, of running, uh, you know, were, were essentially hazed. I, I asked the attorneys if if those people um, had acknowledged that and had been contacted, they, they did not confirm anything. They, they re- basically dodged the question. So, but again, according to uh, Lloyd Yates and, and and some of the others who are mentioned in this lawsuit, even though he's the sole plaintiff, Uh, there were at least two instances where assistant coaches were victims of the hazing.
0: As in the other lawsuits, the three lawsuits that were filed
1: last week
0: and at the press conference at which Lloyd Yates appeared again in this lawsuit, there are no names attached to any of the alleged perpetrators. That is the football players who are allegedly committing these hazing acts. So, what did lloyd yates have to say about them why didn't he name names
1: right so lloyd is taking the position that everyone is a victim everyone is a victim of northwestern's toxic culture that enabled hazing to occur for many years so even if you were a perpetrator of hazing even if you were a ringleader of this Mm. shrek group or the shrek gang or, or what have you That you ultimately were a victim because more than likely you had been hazed earlier in your career and either didn't see it that way or were encouraged that it was just normal and eventually you're going to be the one that's that's sort of leading the charge and i want to make that clear no matter what role if you were being hazed or on you know the the perpetrating side it was just really um, a culture that you had to find a position within. And for some guys, that's where their identity was, but they're not at fault. They are just as much victims as us. They believe that the real blame here lies with the program itself and the university for um, not addressing and stopping this. And that everybody, even the ones who were maybe most egregiously uh, doing the hazing, were actually still victims of this environment. So Ben Crum,
0: who is one of Lloyd Yates' attorneys, the noted civil rights lawyer. What does he say about plans for future legal action?
1: So Ben Crump said he anticipates more than 30 lawsuits being filed in the next few weeks and months. I think we can anticipate similar hazing incidents to be outlined. If you're listening
2: and you were a victim of hazing at Northwest University, or any other college across America, you are not alone. We stand with you. We hear you. Join this Me Too
1: moment for college sports, and let's make a difference. He's not sure yet if this could be classified as a class action, but uh, you know, certainly more to come, on, on, you know, and, and I would anticipate at least uh, you know, two two players who are named in Lloyd Yates' y- lawsuit, Simba Short and Warren Miles Long, to be filing their own lawsuits very soon. So for Northwestern itself,
0: the university, which is named in Lloyd Yates's suit, you know, we're talking about being in in between a rock and a hard place, right? Because they fired Pat Fitzgerald. They talked about misconduct in the program. But now... They also have to protect themselves, you would
1: assume, legally. So what are they saying now? Right, so uh, again, not, not saying a whole lot, although right around the time that Ben Crump went to the podium to begin this news conference, Michael Schill, the university president at Northwestern, sent a, another letter to the campus community um, highlighting a few things. Uh, certainly, I, I would describe it mostly as a def- as, as a defense of Northwestern athletics and athletics culture, essentially saying that, yes, some horrible things have happened in the football program, that Northwestern has been you know, critiqued and um, criticized for, but overall, this is a program that has had a lot of positive things happen and produced a lot of athletes of character, he said. So he referenced broad brushing and, um, and said that while all claims of hazing will be investigated, you know there are still a lot of good stories coming out of Northwestern athletics. So it's the first time that he, I guess, emphatically to a degree has has come out. You know, publicly supportive of some of the uh, of some of the athletes, essentially saying that not all Northwestern athletes should be blamed for this, not all Northwestern teams should be blamed for this, because we've had a volleyball player now file a lawsuit, uh, anticipate fi- filings in baseball and softball, maybe other sports. That was what Ben Crump. And other attorneys have suggested. So Michael Schill is, in a, a sense, for the first time, you know, truly defending Northwestern uh, and its athletics culture, which has come under fire.
0: So, Adam, yesterday's press conference with Lloyd Yates, not the first time we've heard from him. Last Wednesday, he, along with three other former Northwestern football players, spoke at a press conference, made allegations about hazing in the football program. To you, what was the the most pertinent, the most striking thing from that event?
1: So there were the three others uh, alongside uh, Lloyd. It was Simba Short, uh, Warren Miles Long, and Tom Carnifax. Certainly, the, I think the most powerful moment for me was when Lloyd Yates talked about, hey, I see this running happen happening to other teammates. It's not going to happen to me. I don't play that way. And being unable, in his words, to avoid it. There's something you say that's not going to happen to me. That's that's not. You know, I'm going to fight back. I'm going to do something. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't play with that kind of stuff. But it's something that's.
2: And when it happens, it's uncontrollable. It's uncontrollable. You're overpowered by. You're dominated by. Um, you know, um, the culture.
0: And when we speak about the trauma, what did they have to say about the long-term emotional? distress that they suffered, they say, from these alleged acts.
1: Right. So, uh, you know, Yates mentioned that teammates he knows have, have had suicidal thoughts. The graphic, sexually intense behavior was well known throughout the program. We were physically and emotionally beaten down. And some players have contemplated suicide as a result. Tom Carnifax, who was one of the other players who Spoke at that press conference, you know, talked about the your challenges he had, um, you know, kind of mentally to 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 deal with this.
2: I did four years of therapy while at school, as well as a few after. I'm still dealing with it. It's not going to fix it, but I think like this is a bit of closure. When I heard this ability, this platform to speak up, um, I took it. You know, I spent the last four years hating myself and what I went through here, and this is the opportunity to possibly make a difference. So I'm going to take it.
0: But the Three who appeared with Lloyd Yates, um, they have yet to file suit through their attorneys, Ben Crump and Steve Levin, correct?
1: Correct, correct. So two of those players, uh, Warren Miles Long and Simba Short, their names do appear in Lloyd Yates' lawsuit, but they're not plaintiffs. However, there's an anticipation from Crump and Levin and and their their overall legal team that they will uh, soon file their own individual lawsuits. Tom Carnifax is the fourth player who appeared at the news conference last week? He his name does not appear um, in the Lloyd Yates filing, but there's certainly an anticipation that he will uh, he will take his own legal action and, and file a lawsuit um, against Northwestern here very very soon. We've been talking about football, but baseball coach
0: Jim Foster was also fired, and he was fired. The university says for taking part. In acts such as
1: bullying himself, correct? Right. So this is a little bit of a different situation, but certainly no less disturbing. Um, in that, yeah, Foster. The allegations around Foster are bullying, creating a toxic culture in the program, you know, making a, a inappropriate comment to a female staff member. Um, and the initial and the investigation there, uh, to my knowledge, started right around the same time as the initial complaint from the football whistleblower. Um, So that Northwestern had a a human resources investigation that began late in 2022. However, did not impact Jim Foster from coaching the 2023 baseball season. Now there was a lot of turmoil around that program, uh, but I guess the question a lot of people have given the nature of these allegations is why did it take so long to do an investigation and ultimately reach the decision to fire Jim Foster uh, I think it was three days after the firing mm-hmm. of Pat Fitzgerald, but there was
0: also another lawsuit that we learned of yesterday filed by a Northwestern volleyball player. Well, can you tell us about that?
1: Right, so uh, you know again, this is uh you know, filed by a, a Jane doe, so the, the, we don't know who who this person is, but um you know she's alleging uh, that they're uh, you know a hazing and, and bullying. Namely, by the Northwestern volleyball coach uh, who, who's still in position, Coach Davis, and it, it it really centers mainly around an incident that happened in March of 2021, where the plaintiff is alleging that she was punished for contracting COVID and that there was a punishment that was decided upon by the team that resulted in her having to run, you know, suicides, the you know the the lapses they're called suicides. And that she was injured from that and reported what happened to Northwestern's University Police Department and to the athletic program, that there was some type of investigation, but no real repercussions for the for the coach or or any of the other staff. So a lot of it's around that singular incident, but there's some other allegations in there as well about the culture in the uh, in the volleyball program.
0: Well, Adam, it sounds like it's just the beginning of this assignment for you. And I'm sure we'll be checking in as this continues. Thank you so much for joining us and explaining to us what has been going on in Evanston for the last several weeks.
1: I appreciate it. It's certainly been a unique story and, and one that's certainly far from over.
0: I'm Jeremy Schaap. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow.